Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle Podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would like to now introduce our speaker for tonight, one of the sweetest and loveliest women that I know in my life, and that's no exaggeration, Erin P. Thank you, Ore. Um, am I talking into the mic? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I can't really hear that much of a difference. Um, hi, I'm Erin. Um, happy birthday, Ore. Thank you so much hi, for that release. Hi. Hi, hi I'm Erin. I'm, I'm a recovering anorexic. Um, and really grateful to be here. Uh, thank you so much uh, to the secretary for asking me to, to lead this meeting. Um, I haven't been to this meeting in a long time. I mean, I, I've taken 30 days here, 60 days here, 90 days here, every single year birthday. So I, I guess the last time I was here was in January when I took um, six years of abstinence. Um, and yeah, I you know, last time I led this meeting, I remember when I was standing at the podium, my legs were shaking so badly, and I was so grateful there was a podium to hide behind because I was literally shaking. I was so scared, and I'd had nightmares for um, months leading up to it. Like, I was so intimidated by this meeting and so scared, and um, I didn't feel that way this time, but I felt... um, my recovery has shifted so much. I mean, last time that I came and led this meeting, I identified as a compulsive overeater um, and an anorexic and a bulimic. And, you know, today I say I'm a recovering anorexic um, because, you know, the last year and a half of my recovery, I've really, um, really gone back um, to you know, more of where this eating disorder started from me, which is, um, you know, I grew up, I don't talk very publicly about the trauma that I grew up in, um, but I'm opening up to it more now that I am finding how intertwined it is with my recovery from anorexia. Um, But I grew up isolated um, in a, you know, in Alaska, um, in a very sick home, very sick home. Um, I was sexually molested as a kid by my dad, um, and that did something to me that, um, I don't know, it did a lot of damage is all I can say, like really deep-seated trauma, like in the body, in my body itself. And, um... I, you know, I was just in so much denial about that for so long um, that I, you know, that I think that's, that, you know, stunted a lot of my recovery because I, I wasn't able to go back kind of to the root and really see where it all starts for me. So, like I said, I grew up in trauma. There was, you know, sexual violence. There was uh, physical violence. There was emotional violence. There was psychological violence. Like it was a, it was a really, really um, horrifying place to grow up. To be completely honest, and I think I shied away from that for a long time. But that is my truth. And um, 
Yeah, and I and now that I can speak my truth and know that that is where I come from, I can heal from that, you know. And I and I'm able to see how, why, why I picked up an eating disorder, why I picked up anorexia, because for me, anorexia was it, it's not it's not it was never about. I mean, at one point, I guess it eventually got to about like being really thin, but really, it was about being disappearing you know it, like being as small as humanly possible being as small as humanly possible and i don't see anorexia as a um a, a eating disorder alone it's for me it really is a life disorder like it shows up in every single area of my life it shows up in my money it shows up in my career it shows up in my relationships it shows up in my you know uh, just literally every part of my life this deep compulsion to disappear and to be very small because growing up in the chaos and uh, trauma that I did you know I to be small was to be to, to stay alive really I mean it was just like the smaller I could get myself the more controlled I felt the more just safe I felt and that is really what I've come to see like the you know starving myself um, was really about just feeling small and safe and controlled and in a world where I felt so unsafe and so out of control all the time um, so so yeah and you know I, when I came to OA six years ago I um, you know I really thought I was a compulsive eater compulsive overeater, a binge eater. I mean, when I shared at this podium, you know, however many years ago that was, you know, I, I, would, I said I annihilate myself with the food. And that's what it felt like. It felt like I was annihilating myself with food. But when I got honest about, like, the amount of food that I was eating and the way in which I was doing it, so, I, I mean... I came to realize that I couldn't really call something, I don't even use the word binge or overate or any of that anymore in my recovery, but th like to use, th to use that word after having starved myself for three weeks, four weeks, a month, you know, not eating food, um, my body is going to have a physiological response and, and need food. And I think that's why it, I, I thought that I was binging. I thought that I was overeating. I thought that I was out of control with food. Um, but really, I was just a starved human being that, that needed to, to eat um, desperately. It was like my body was actually like demanding to keep me alive. And I think... You know, when I when I came to OA, I, the first meeting I ever went to, the person sitting next to me said, "Oh, you're an anorexic," and I was like so shocked that anyone could ever think that because I wasn't. I think I always saw, first of all, I always saw anorexia as like dying in a hospital bed somewhere. You know, like like so frail, like I couldn't live life, and I hadn't been like that thin since I was in my, you know, like 17, 18 years old. So I thought that, you know, well, that was just then, you know, but I, that was just that period of time. But then, you know, when I was, um, you know, later, like when I felt so out of control with the food and so, you know, in the food and binging, these things that I thought, 
you know, I was, now I'm, I come to see that I was actually in a perfectly healthy body weight. I was healthy. But to my anorexic brain, it felt like I was out of control. Like I can't trust myself with the food. I don't know how to do food, you know? And so in my recovery, I started cutting out more and more things and calling it abstinence and calling it recovery and losing weight. And in, in, in uh, COVID, I mean, I was going down and down and, and I didn't weigh myself because it made me crazy. But when I, you know, finally saw that, you know, where I had gone, it was, it was not in a healthy body weight. I was underweight. And um, that was really humbling to just be honest about that and be like, whoa, like I, I still feel like I am too big all the time. And so, yeah, so I think um, that was just kind of the beginning for me to like, you know, my my sponsor asked me on the phone uh, during that time, like, Aaron, like, what is your true surrender? Like, wh- what is your surrender? You know, you're, you're coming to OA. Is it a surrender for you to give up foods and to cut out food groups? And the, the true answer is no. My anorexic loves to do that. It loves to cut out things. It loves to have rules. I had so many food rules. I I didn't even know I had them until I started challenging my recovery and and my true surrender, which is to let in more, to let it to let it all in and keep letting it in and keep letting it in. I mean, that has just been um that to me is a surrender every single day at least 3 times a day when I eat. You know, I I you know, I in those the first like 4 or 5 years of my recovery, I really um I really, I, 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 the one thing, the number one thing that I got was everyone was saying eat three meals a day. And that's the first time I started doing that. Before coming into recovery, I would starve myself for months, years. I mean, literally, I was, I think, in a constant state of starvation. I mean, pretty much all of the time. Never ate breakfast, um, you know, just anywhere I could cut things out and skimp like I would. And, um, yeah, so, so I, I did get that in the beginning of my recovery of just like, okay, I need to be eating three meals a day. That does need to happen. And when I did that, you know, because when I came in, I was, I was obsessed with food, I thought, all the time because I was thinking about it all the time. But for me, it was because I was, like I said, I was still starving myself. And um, there's a lot of ways I starve myself, I realized. And like I said in the beginning, like anorexia for me is not not just an eating disorder. It's a life disorder. And I I mean, I I was starving myself of everything. Like I wouldn't spend money on myself. I wouldn't buy new clothes. Everything had to be thrifted. Everything had, and like, I love thrifting, but you know, everything had to be thrifted or it had to be on sale. Like, I remember going into a a shop for the first time in the last year or so, two years maybe, and like, it's like I couldn't even look. I couldn't even allow myself to look at things that weren't on sale or weren't tucked away in the corner in the back somewhere. Like, I just, it was, it's so hard for me to, um, to expand and to choose the expansive choice. 
And um, for me, it really does start with the food and, and eating all foods. I mean, I used to say I eat all foods, and I was not eating gluten, I was not eating meat, I was not eating dairy, I was barely eating sugar, and I wasn't drinking alcohol. So all of those things, you know, were, for me, a, a way to control And I've had to, like, slowly surrender each one of them to my higher power and ask to just keep opening up. And um, and that has been really, really challenging. And I don't remember I, I I don't remember that in the beginning of my recovery because it was it was it was a joy it was a joy like to cut more things out and to be told oh you know when in doubt leave it out and like slogans that are great slogans uh, you know but not they're not meant for me I, you know as an anorexic I'm I, I when in doubt leave it out I'll leave it all out I want to leave it out it's it's uh, it's a joy to leave it out um, so. So yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a really, it's been a really big journey. Um, and it's been, like I said, I, I feel like I keep repeating this, just like the surrender piece of it has been like, now I get what it means to surrender. Because like, it's so comfortable to choose the constricted choice. It's so comfortable for me. It's so much, and, and that's the other piece of it. It's like, it feels reckless. It feels absolutely reckless and wrong and bad when I'm choosing the expansive choice because I'm expanding. And as an anorexic, it's the opposite of what I naturally do. It's the opposite of my compulsion, which is to get small and stay small and keep small. So to continue to expand has just been like, it's like... You know, and I, I don't do it perfectly. I really don't, you know. Um, I don't, uh, I, I don't do it perfectly. Like, you know, it's it's still hard for me to, um, you know, choose the scarier thing and really trust that a higher power is going to carry me through it. But I think, you know, that's been another piece of um, my recovery is really seeing, like, like I, that reckless feeling that I get when I'm, you know, trying a new food or um, eating more or that feeling of fullness. Like, I hate that feeling more than anything. But if I sit with it and I wait through to the other side of it, like, I actually feel really grounded and good and, like, in my body and not, like, up in the air. Like, the high that I would get from starving myself was it felt so good it felt like I was so in control it felt like I you know I just could do anything and um and just you know to to bring myself back down to planet earth and ground myself um it's uncomfortable I don't I don't want to do that and I definitely don't want to do that three times a day if not more you know um so it's been it's been challenging learning how to do that and to um you know yeah, to just to just keep expanding into the life that my higher power wants for me. Um, but the more that I do that, like my life just keeps opening up and it keeps getting better. And you know, I I wanna I wanna shut thing I wanna shut it down. You know, it's like that's the other part of this disease for me. It's like it's like there's never an and with it it's always an or it's like oh if you're gonna if you can have this you're gonna give yourself this like you can't have that it's like a it's like um 
so it's again like somehow keeping it really small and controlled. And so to keep surrendering to um, you know like the the bigger the harder choice for me and keep saying yes to that, um, it's like oh my gosh, I, I that's why I need a higher power and. Um, I, like I'm seeing that a lot. I mean, in my relationship right now, I started seeing someone uh, about a year ago, and this person is not someone that I thought I would be with. <laughs> quite frankly, I mean, they they are um, younger than me, and um, they are. Uh, very fun-loving, like very, very fun-loving, loves to have a good time, um, loves just the good thing, the goodness of life, and um, he challenges that part of myself that just wants to stay small and say, no, I don't want to go to the party, no, I don't want to go in the pool, no, I don't want to, you know, go shopping, no, I don't want, like, the, like, my first reaction is always like, no, it's too much, it's like, and to, like, keep opening up and expanding into, yes, just saying, yes, I, w- I would like to go in the pool. Like, <laughs> why not? It's hot outside. There's a pool. Like, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> um, he, like, really challenges me to have fun. And we can, the, the, w- the level that we connect on is, is one of fun and joy. And to my anorexic, fun and joy are frivolous and not to be had. <laughs> like, they're they're not, it's like, it's so much more comfortable for me to, like, last time I led this meeting, I was working and going to school full-time. Well, I wasn't working full-time, but I was going to school full-time and working, and I had no spare time, and I was going to tons of meetings, and um, I just, I didn't really have a life outside of studying meetings and uh, work. And, um, you know, that felt really good to me because it was like I didn't have a spare moment to, like, sit and rest and, like, just be, you know? It was like I was constantly on the go, constantly doing things, go, 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 go. And um, that's not what my higher power wants for me. My higher power wants me to, like, relax, you know? It says it in the big book, relax and take it easy. And that is, like, so hard for me. And I'm learning more and more how to do that. And this relationship is really helping me let, because when I relax and take it easy, I'm able to let in joy. I'm, I, I'm able to let in fun. I'm able to let in the goodness of life. And um, I really wasn't able to do that before because um, it feels better to me to like cut things out and you know, it, that perfectionistic piece of it, it's, it's really interlinked with my eating disorder of like, you know, there's this perfect way to live life, and in this perfect life, I've, you know, I'm very thin, I am very efficient, I'm very successful, um, I'm very, you know, like, I, I don't say the wrong thing at, at parties, I don't gossip, I don't, you know, all these rules of just like being the perfect person. Um, I eat the, the balanced meals, you know, the greens at every meal, like all this stuff. And like letting go of all of that to just like have fun feels like I said earlier, like reckless. I feel so reckless. And I'm learning how to do that, you know, one day at a time here, because that is really the life that my higher power wants for me, I think, is 
um, is a life of love and joy and connection and goodness and experiencing, um, you know, pleasure. Like, the, the goodness of life, I just um, automatically shrink away from as, like, that's extra, it's frivolous, it's, it's not really needed. Like, how do I, how do I, how much can I cut out, you know, and still have a life is really what it is. And so... I keep, you know, I keep coming back one day at a time and seeing how that compulsion to stay small, you know, um, shows up in my life and, like, taking the contrary action, you know. I think, I used to think I was taking the contrary action to a lot of things, but the contrary action is always going to be, for me, like, the more expanded choice. The, and that's always the scarier thing, too. And the more I can do that, like like I said, the better my life gets. But there's this, like, backlash that comes from doing it. Like, I have to, like, when I choose the scarier, bigger, more expanded choice, um, I usually have backlash for, like, a day or so. I mean, sometimes longer, depending on what the, what the thing is. Like, um, like, my dream car. Oh, my gosh. my dream. So I got my dream car in December. And I was, um, I was, uh, I had driven the same car uh, my whole, like, it was the only car I'd ever had. And it was, uh, you know, it was, like, not really starting. There was, like, a huge scratch on the side. It, um, you know, the antenna was broken off, so the radio hadn't worked in 10 years. Um <laughs> Like, it was just, it was falling apart. Bless bless her, the ladybug. Love the ladybug. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she was falling apart, and I needed a new car. And, um, yeah, I, it was sponsored a direction to, like, go get in a dream car. Like, see what it's like. And I, and I, ooh, it was a very uncomfortable, and I felt like such an imposter doing it. But it was the expanded choice, and I, so I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do it. And, you know, the first one I drove wasn't the one, but I, you know, I kept driving them, kept driving them, and the feeling that I get when I'm in my car, like, oh my gosh, it's such a feeling of expansion and, like, joy and, like, and just, I love it. I love the little details of the black leather seats with the cream stitching and, like, oh my gosh, the sunroof. Like, I just, roll down windows. I didn't even have roll down windows. I had, like, the crank windows. I know, I know. So, I mean, the joy that I get, and when I drove, well, first of all, when I test drove the one, um, literally it was pouring rain that day, and I was like, I don't even know if I should go, and I ended up getting a really, really great deal, and as I was driving, literally the clouds opened up and a giant rainbow came down, and I was like, okay, this is the one, Um, and then six hours of negotiation, but it was, it was, it was, uh, it was really good for, it was like there was so much recovery of just expanding, you know, whether it was, like, standing up for the negotiation and, you know, sticking with it for six hours. Like, I don't want it. I want to take the small choice and just shrink away and leave. But to stay in my in my power and and um, to sit through that. and um, and But when I was driving away in that car, and this is such a, like, um, like ref- just like a metaphor for my anorexia, like, when I give myself what I truly want... I feel like I'm going to die. Like, I literally was driving in this car being like, this is it. 
where's the semi going to come from that's going to smash me to smithereens right now? I don't deserve this car. How could I do this? And I stayed up all night having nightmares about how, you know, trees were coming down to crash the car and just, like, take it away from me because it was, it was too good. It was too good. And that was exactly how eating a delicious thing felt. It was too good. It was too rich. It, was, it, it, would, it felt disgusting in me to give myself, like, something good. And, um, and I just see that same feeling, you know, coming up. And I have to get through the backlash of making the expanded choice um, to, to get to the joy on the other side. Because there is joy on the other side. I just have to get to it. And it takes a while sometimes. Because that compulsion to go back to the smallness where I don't feel reckless, where I feel in control, where I feel safe, is so strong, you know, that it's like, oh, I just feel the pull. And there were so many, you know, I think for the first three months I drove my car, I thought I was going to die. Like, I literally thought, okay, this, today's the day. Like, you're going to die, and you're going to total the car while you do it. Like, just, I just, you know, but keeping driving the car anyways, you know, even though it was scary. And, you know, um, I just, I see it, I, you know, I see it in all these other areas of my life. And when I'm, like, like I guess I'll circle back to the relationship with the, with the guy who's, like, so sweet and so funny and all we do is laugh together and have fun and it's just the greatest joy you know and he gave me this picture frame for valentine's day of like all like all us doing like all these fun things that we had done and it was a really pretty frame and it was like all these beautiful moments and my first reaction to it was like this feeling in my stomach of disgust like how could you do all these things like what have you been doing with your life like having fun you know having a good time letting in joy letting in pleasure but my first reaction is this is too much like this is too much goodness this is this is too much and i find the most sophisticated ways to try and push him out because if i push him out then i can go back to the smaller life where i'm not going out to dinner all the time i'm not going out dancing i'm not going to shows i'm not you know dressing up and doing all these fun things and going skiing and going to you know coachella oh my god that was <laughs> never done that in 15 years of living in LA and you know we went and it was great i mean it, i had backlash for sure it was really hard i wanted to cancel that trip i wanted to cancel every ski trip we've gone on i wanted to can't, i just want i want to shut it down because it's so much more comfortable for me to live from that place so, um, I keep, you know, I keep expanding, um, and I keep, um, just looking at time here, um, I, yeah, I keep expanding, and I keep, um, having to ask my higher power, you know, for help doing that, and I guess that's something else I'll speak to, too, um, you know, I'm, I'm reworking the steps, um, from an anorexia, you know, that I'm powerless over anorexia, that my life has become unmanageable. And um, I really feel like the steps, I'm living the steps. Like, like the steps are working me. I'm not even, like, yes, I'm, I've done the writing and I've done the reading, but, like, it, it goes so much deeper than that. Like, it, it's like my higher power has showed to me 
time and time and time again, like just how powerless I am over this compulsion, just how powerless I am over this compulsion. And, and now I'm, I really get what it means to be powerless over something and, um, and like really need a higher power's help to, you know, keep showing up, you know, and keep recovering. Um, so yeah, so the steps have been really amazing in that way of just like showing me in my life how, you know, like what it is to live the steps rather than just like do some reading and do some writing and, um, but like on a, like a cellular level, I feel like, um, so that's been really powerful. Um, and then, you know, I think because I've chosen the smallness, the small choice, the safe choice, the constricted choice for so long, I, like I said, walking through that store and like actually letting myself look at like full price items, I, it's like I'm getting to know myself really for the first time because it's like I shut down. Oh, thank you. Um, it's like I shut down not just my my appetite for food. I shut down like literally my appetites for life. Like, what do I like? What do I? What movies do I like? What what colors do I like? What food do I like? What um, what kind of people do I want to hang out with? What do I want my life to look like? You know, I think I am just in this place of like learning who I am, and I think you know growing up in the um, the way that I did, like, it was so much safer to, you know, like I said, just disappear that, I, like, I shut down so much of my, my essence and my, who I am, and I think um, I'm really starting to learn more and more who I am, and, and to having to surrender to those desires, like, it's not, it's, it's like, really hard to um, give myself what I actually want and what like really lights myself up like the car it's with everything it's it's with everything so I'm continuing to do that you know one day at a time and I cannot do it without um, you know the help of the program and the help of you guys and the help of my sponsor and um, the meetings I, I go to um, some really amazing anorexic-focused OA meetings um, that are virtual um, that have changed my life. I mean, when I started going to those meetings, it felt like oxygen, like oxygen for me, like that I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I needed this oxygen so badly. But um, I just, yeah, I just get, I get so much um, from my meetings and um, yeah, I'm trying to think um, if there's anything else. I guess I'll just um, maybe close if anyone wants to ask questions in a little in a second here. Just I just I guess wanted to talk a little bit about like my relationship with my higher power and how that was very connected to the good girl and like being and that and my eating disorder is totally connected to the good girl and and you know how, how do I be the good girl? in any situation and, and all the rules that go around with that. And so like learning to let go of those rules and um, and really like letting my higher power, like releasing all, like releasing this need to like 
better myself all the time. Like, let me just be a little bit better today. You know, can I meditate longer? Can I journal more? Can I do a better gratitude list? Like, all of that I've had to surrender and let go of because it's much more comfortable for me to do all those things and feel in control and look at how well I'm doing my program. And it's like, whoa, like, again, relax and take it easy. And my meditations now... I mean, some people might not even consider it meditation because it's just like, there's no rules. It's just, it's literally just sitting and feeling the bigness of my existence and just being here on earth and and just letting myself be, you know? Um, Whereas before, I think it was about connecting to this thing and um, I don't know, it just... It just feels different now, and it feels more real and more um, authentic. And um, yeah, so it's been it's been a, it's been a journey. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything else that I have. So yeah, I guess I'll just open it up for if anyone has any questions. Thank you so much. Any questions? Oh, yeah. Hi. Um, you talked about the early trauma really having an impact on your experience of your body and wondering how it feels to be in your body. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the question was uh, co- coming from the trauma that I grew up in, like, having, you know, how does it feel to be in my body now? And, um, it, de- it depends on the day, I would say. I think, you know, that trauma, for me, it lives in my body. It lived in my body, you know. And I think, I remember sharing the last time I was on the podcast talking about this deep disgust as a kid with my body and just feeling so disgusted with the humanness of my body, like my sweat and um, having to use the bathroom and uh, burping, like anything to do was just absolutely disgusting. And I still will feel that. I'm sweating right now, guys. It's hot in here. And I just felt like a drip down my leg and was like, oh my God. And um, like, it just, it still will, I can still feel like, but I think the more that I'm like, I'm in, I have outside help. I'm getting outside help for that, for my trauma. And um, so I think, um, I think. Yeah, it just, it just kind of, I think naming it and, like, knowing where this absolute disgust comes from, you know, helped in some ways because it was like, okay, I can get help for this and I can learn that it's not, it's not inherently me, you know? Like, there's, there's nothing disgusting about me and my humanness. I'm just a human being, you know? Um, but I, I do need outside help for that, and I'm, I'm getting it. So thanks for that question. Yeah, yeah. So when you're feeling like that, you're, what is it, when you have to do the next right expansive choice, and um, and it makes you feel like you're going to die, like a very, is it a very visceral feeling, but how do you deal with that feeling? Because I have that sometimes when I'm supposed to do contrary action, and it's exactly the opposite of what I would think is a good idea. Yeah. How do you do? Yeah. Um, so the question is, like, how do I deal with the, like, reckless feeling like I'm going to die feeling when I do contrary actions? Um, I think it definitely helps to have a sponsor that I really trust who's giving me the contrary action. 
um, because it's never what I think it's going to be. It really isn't. My first brain is my first thought is always like, like I had a I had a really fun weekend a few weeks ago, and it was like too much. And on Monday morning, I was like, I want to die. I feel I feel so guilty and ashamed for just having a fun weekend. That's all I did. I didn't do anything, but it felt like I had like hit someone with my car. Like I felt so guilty and ashamed for just having a good time. And uh, my my sponsor's direction was to go have more fun. <laughs> Literally, take yourself out to lunch, Erin. Do a little shopping. And I was like, ugh, you have to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. That is so reckless, right? That is so just off the charts, like absolutely not, you know? But I trust my sponsor, and so I said, okay, I will go do that, and it's going to feel awful. And you know what? I felt great. I felt really great after that contraction because it was like, wow, this is really grounding. I did it, and nothing happened. It feels, it's like the chicken little with the sky falling. It feels like the sky is going to fall, but it never falls. All that happens is I have a great life. I, have, I had a great lunch. I bought some earrings. It was great. That's all that happened, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's how I would answer that, I guess. I think you had a question, yeah. Can you talk about your spiritual practice? Yeah, so I threw it out the window, actually. My spiritual routine, which I know sounds very controversial, um, because it was coming from a place of perfectionism and, like, I mean, I was waking, I had a class, I think I had a 7.30 a.m. class in Santa Monica, and I was, and it was when we were still driving and all that, and, like, I, you know, I would wake up at, I think, 4.30 in the morning to meditate and journal and do my, you know, gratitude lists and all this stuff, and, um, that's great if, like, that works for you. But for me, it wasn't coming from a place of, like, let me really connect with my higher power. Like, what does my higher power want for me? What's the expansive choice? That was easy for me. That was, like, let me control this and feel really spiritual today and, like, get up at 430, you know? And, like, to let go of that and to just be, like, what do I want to do this morning? Maybe I'll have some tea and sit and pet my dog. Oh, Let's look out the window for a little bit. It feels like a meditation, but it's not like a time. I'm going to do 20 minutes. If I don't do 20 minutes, then I'm not spiritual enough. And blah, 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 blah. You know, like that's the way my brain works. So it's like I just have to like go with the flow because that's the surrender for me. That's hard, much harder for me to do that than to, you know, do the regimented. I do this, I do that, and then I do this, and then I do that. Like that doesn't really connect me with my higher power. I connect with my higher power through people a lot more than I realized, and experience, like getting out into the world. That's where my higher power wants me, out in the world, you know, like doing things that light me up, going and trying on shoes that I would never allow myself to buy. Like, that brings me joy. That is spiritual to me. I know that sounds maybe crazy, but like... It is, because it's like, I am an expression of my higher power, and I have these, like, desires and things in me, and my higher power wants me to go express that, you know? So I really don't have a, like, set routine, I would say. And I know that's not, and that's my time, but um, that's honest truth. <laughs> so anyways, thank you so much for letting me share.